Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Elizabeth Stiles, a fashion brand consultant based here in the UK who helps existing and emerging fashion brands take their ideas from paper to production. Elizabeth has been in business for about six months and has already done a lot in her marketing. So today we talk about keeping going, maximising the effectiveness of her channels and adjusting her messaging to make sure that she's engaging with the people that she really wants to work with. Hello Elizabeth. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So thank you so much for coming on to chat through everything we're going to chat through today. So for anybody who perhaps doesn't know you already, give us the kind of story so far of you and your business, your background, the inspiration and all of those things. Everything, (laughs) my life story. (laughs) Um, So I'm Elizabeth, I'm a fashion brand consultant and I feel very lucky that I've I'm one of these people that always knew what I wanted to do. Like I always knew that I wanted to work in fashion from a really young age. So I studied textiles. I went into retail buying at uni and then got a job in retail buying, which is good. Just tick the box of the the degree doing its job. So I worked at Next for about five years on their women's wear team across Jersey and Wovens. I worked then for Miss Selfridge for a year and it's every bit as hell as everybody can tell you it is (laughs) Arcadia is uh it's not the one um and it's it's funny because you kind of think you've hit peak retail dream and then you get in there and you're very quickly slapped around the face Mm. Um, it's not quite what you imagined but that was fine it was only a year and really taught me a lot of life lessons I think which is good so you can always take something positive out of a negative and then I went on to do boys wear at Asda which I loved it was a lot a lot of fun and we always did lots of fun graphics and did a lot of playful product which I enjoyed and I always thought I'd be in buying but then this guy approached me uh a supplier so supplying is obviously like the opposite to buying mm. and said we need a design manager do you want to come and help us out so I had a sort of fear of going back to London from my previous experience but it's a much smaller company it's getting out of corporate retail so I took it and was there for about three years so I was like the middleman in between the buyer at the brand and the designer at the supplier mm. So I was doing like cost negotiations, speaking to the factories, chasing samples back for meetings and just generally like being on top of trend packs, like what the newest things are, but making them super commercial for each brand that I worked with. After about three years, the company launched their own brand called New Girl Order, which was like a very young, high fashion um, or fast fashion, should I say, with lots of Tokyo influences, very cool, very fast, very 
fashion and I was mm. like oh this is very exciting but for some reason I'm not excited about it <laughs> that's <laughs> always like a sign <laughs> yeah and I'm going to Tokyo and I'm going to Korea and I'm going to Copenhagen and all these places and I just lo- literally don't care like mm. why and I don't know I, I've listened to one of your other podcasts where you said that you end up going full circle you think you want to get out of fashion but actually it's just the way that you do fashion mm. needs to change so or whatever industry you might be in and so that kind of happened I started selling stationery because I had this sort of random creative itch that I needed to fulfill which I thought it was but it wasn't I still wanted to do fashion and I had a bit of an epiphany one day that I could still do my job but just by myself and apparently there's 300 new fashion brands launching around the world every week gosh so I thought, wow, maybe there's a market for me of all these independent fashion brands that might be coming from a completely different background to me. And I can just plug the gaps in their skills. So if they've come from a photography background or a marketing background or sales or PR, you know, they're all creative people, but they just might not know about design trends and manufacturing, which I do. Mm. So I left in September 2018, so only about six months ago. And it kind of took off from there and it was all very exciting and I've just been building my network ever since you know across all the different platforms on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and now it's got to the point where I'm a bit like I've built all these platforms up how do I keep it going sort of Mm. thing so yeah yeah and and that's that's really because you're about six months in yeah that doesn't surprise me at all that you have that kind of it's like a new relationship almost we have that six months of setting everything up and it's all very exciting and now it's like oh I've just got to keep doing this forever now (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's almost like you don't believe that it not that you don't believe it like I did believe it was going to work because I could see there was a need for it but it feels like you're coasting or that surely this isn't going to last but I'm like okay no that there is a thing here and now I need to put some longevity plans into Mm. place which is very unlike me I'm normally a (laughs) see how it goes kind of person but with this I know that's not going to work so yeah yeah so for people who uh, like me are perhaps not as initiated in what it takes to start a fashion brand what kind of things do you do to help people specifically if somebody was working with you what would you be doing uh so there's a few things really it's like reviewing your brand identity and your values what you believe in because that all sort of feeds into your product I I always believe that your personal brand values tend to be your business brand values Mm -hmm. as well um knowing who your customer is and understanding them that's number one rule of most companies I think but (laughs) in particular retail because I think people sort of start designing something that they like but it's unusual I don't know it could go 50 50 you may or may not be your customer Mm -hmm. and there's a needs to be a separation between you and the product it's very well being passionate about the product but you are not your product Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and just creating an slight emotional detachment from that and understanding who you're selling to and if it is you that's great but if it's not then that's the key to success is making sure you know who you're designing for know who you're marketing to obviously 
know more about that than I do. But I'm almost like the stage before you, like before you've even got your product, who are you talking Mm. to? And sort of building trends and color palettes for new collections because a lot of people might start with one idea. It sells really well and then it drops off a cliff because the industry, the retail industry as a whole, not even the fashion industry, is very fickle. Things Mm. move on. People love things and then they're over it. So coming up with new ideas for people, how to source manufacturers and suppliers for your product. That's probably one of the big things that I get asked about a lot because it's an industry full of middle-aged men, (laughs) which is sad but true. And if they've been in the industry for 30 years longer than you, it can be quite intimidating to sort of go to these trade shows and fabric fairs and mm. you, you don't want to come across like a newbie and mm. I always liken it to going to a mechanic it's very similar because you almost assume that the fashion industry is full of women but until you get to the back end it's actually there's a lot of mm. men there and it's just sort of sometimes giving people a bit of a confidence boost giving them a little bit of jargon to use when they're negotiating how to negotiate in the first place, um, reviewing like cost breakdowns of your garment, analyzing your sales data, like timings of things, you know, like in what order to do everything in, like, oh, I need to design it and then I need to put it into production and when am I going to launch and who am I going to sell it to at the end? So it's very, very niche what I do because it's only fashion brands, but it's almost everything within fashion. So (laughs) there's lots of different areas, but it's only like I have a lot of jewelry brands and stuff that approach me and I'm like no it's just fashion I'm really sorry Mm. like it's just clothes that I know about and I just really want to be clear with that message yeah I know that's that's so interesting though because like I just can't imagine (laughs) like if I was like really driven to start a clothing brand I like I wouldn't even know what to google to start no that is it and the information I think that's where I've tapped into something is that the information I have isn't on Google. It really is a lot. Of, like even t- to a point, my degree, it, <laughs> I hope my parents aren't listening. It wasn't that useful. <laughs> Apart from like introducing me to a brand to get a job at the very, very, very end. I learned so much more in the summer holidays when I was doing work experience because you've just got to get into these places and listen to the jargon that they're using see the systems that they go through, see the sign-off processes. And it, until you get in there, you really, that isn't on Google, is the mm. experience and the knowledge and the little tips and tricks and things that people do to get around certain things. You know, like obviously you don't want to place orders for 300 units per item. It's maybe that you order 300 units but split it across three Mm. different colors and how you word that to a factory and it's those kind of things that I try and help people with like the gray area Mm. that you just want to pull your own hair out in the middle of the night you're trying to search for these things on google and they're not there so yeah I just kind of try and break it down into really easy understandable things like have you thought about your brand name who's your customer Mm -hmm have you set up your social media you know it does that link back to your website and just and then all the little tips and tricks kind of get fed into all of those things mm-hmm. yeah no that's that's really interesting so yeah obviously that's you set up the business kind of knowing how to set up a business <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, kind of, I'll make it up as I go along, but I think I've learned that everybody does, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you at least kind of identified a niche 
that you and were like, well, I have strengths and skills that can fill that niche and kind of went for it. So presumably then you've done all your audience work and things like this. So where are you at now? What what are your kind of big challenges? I think it's, I've built up a certain level of engagement and I know people are interested in what I'm doing. You know, my stories engagement is much better than my feed on Instagram, which is fine because I, I know that people spend a lot more time on stories now anyway. And I just put more effort into my stories, I'd say. And then my feed's kind of gone to like two to three times a week. I've started a Facebook group that's got just over 100 people in. My Pinterest gets about 30,000 views a month and I put all my trend information on there. My Twitter is kind of slow, but I just put a lot of industry articles on there for a lot of my own personal reference, but also for anybody else who might be interested. And it's like just double checking that I'm using all the platforms in the right way and then maintaining that. It's like maintaining the engagement that I've built up in this like exciting honeymoon period. Mm -hmm. Now it's like normal life is settling in and how do I maintain that level of excitement and engagement with my customers? Mm. Okay, so let's take it a step backwards then and think about who the people actually are that you want to be talking to because in order to kind of maintain engagement, you need to know who they are to engage yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so some, I kind of identified that there's three different people. Some people who haven't even launched yet, people who have just launched and realised it's way harder than they thought and they need some help. And people who are, have been in it for a little bit longer and have lost their spark and mm-hmm. they don't know where to go. So the people who are doing it seem to be quite easy to target because you just have a look at what brands are out there and you just start messaging them. But again, it's a different message for each of them because they've got different pain points. Mm. It's the people who haven't started yet that obviously you don't know what's inside their heads. So you, think, mm. you can't go around asking absolutely everybody if they're thinking of starting a fashion brand, you know, mm. it, it's quite niche. So, yeah, there's the people that haven't started, the people that have just launched and the people who've been in it for a while. Mm. And so have you done mostly kind of more business development style acquisition, as in going out and speaking to people directly and seeing if they're interested rather than having people come to you more? Um, I'd probably say it's that 60-40 at the moment. Mm-hmm. So 60% I've gone out and met people I'm quite good at talking to people on the whole which is Mm -hmm. why I'm starting a podcast because (laughs) I can talk really easily it's more like the writing that I struggle with so I don't mind going to networking events and meeting people and telling people what I do I do I do send like some cold emails out to people just from people that I found on Instagram or I might start uh, DMing brands that you know just start with a compliment I always Mm -hmm. think that goes quite a long way and then uh, sort of go from there as to what I do or what my background is or how I can help them I do like one day of free calls every month because I was putting in the discovery calls just willy-nilly throughout my calendar and it was just really messing up my planning Mm -hmm. you know it was just easier to batch them so I was speaking to everybody in one day So that's kind of the easy access point is why don't you book in a free call? It doesn't Mm -hmm. cost you anything, you know. (laughs) And yeah, and then just sending out some emails and going to networking events. But then other times people have come to me, like the girl that did my website, she recommended some a client who she was setting up a fashion brand website for, and then I got her as a client. Just a lot of people find me on Instagram because of the hashtags that I use, Mm -hmm. maybe, or 
somebody said that they should follow them. I see a lot of people tagging their friends in posts that I do. So, and then they sort of come over and learn a bit more about what I do. So yeah, I'd say 60% I go out and then 40% probably comes mainly through Instagram or my website. Mm, Okay. So would you say that most of the stuff that you create in terms of like your Instagram posts and blog posts and all that kind of thing, is it more speaking to the pain points of those people who already have a business or have just set up? because they're they're the easiest ones to talk to (laughs) yes yeah definitely Mm -hmm. so I might do something about costings like how you work out the costing of your product or the the language that you use to put that online or I don't know outsourcing your strengths or I I don't know yeah Mm -hmm. I'd say most of it is targeting people who are newly launched Mm -hmm. like that middle ground so this might be a challenging question, but are, so are you sure that you do definitely want to work with the people who haven't started yet? Well, a lot of people come to me. I actually had an email even this morning saying, I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. Mm. I'm not quite sure I'm ready because I haven't got the idea clear in my head. I'm like, but that's what I can help you with. Right, okay. <laughs> and I'm thinking because I do, I have like an ebook for about £12. And then a two-hour session is £200. So it seems to be like this huge gap Mm. in between £12 and £200. So I'm wondering if I can fill it with a workshop online or like live masterclasses, more like group teaching that can bridge that gap between £12 and £200 for the people who aren't quite there yet. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, And what's interesting if people are coming and saying, I'm not there yet, is that they're obviously getting a vibe that they're not where you need them to be to work with you even though that's not the truth and it's really easy to especially when um the kind of people that you're working with are further down the line because they're it's their ideas their problems that are in your head all the time to be creating for that person but what I think this is showing you is that yeah people don't know you can help them or that you're willing to or that you're able to yeah Um, because all I'm talking about is people further down yes yeah so that might be something to think about in terms of the balancing on your channels is that if a lot I mean well in terms of that that 60 40 split of how you're getting people do you want that to turn around or are you quite happy going out and and emailing and talking to people it would be helpful for my time <laughs> if people came to me. So I maybe I would like to split that. I still want to go out and meet people, definitely. Mm-hmm. But the more people that can come to me organically would be beneficial, I guess. Mm-hmm. It will make, allow me to spend more time doing the other things like this. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. No, I was just wondering that if you can kind of, with those people who are your third kind of customer, the ones who are already in it, if your acquisition method for them is that more business development style, then that means that your social blog content and podcast content can be more for the lower, I don't want to say lower end, that's wrong. Yeah, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> no offense to people out there, but only if that actually works with your life so if you want to reduce the amount of time that you're spending going out there emailing calling that kind of thing then obviously there does need to be a little bit more of a balance in there but I think the balance 
generally is weighted too much on one end than the other. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So in terms of then balancing the messaging, you said they've all got very different pain points. What kind of similarities do they have? I think most of them have no idea about manufacturing and how to build relationships with your suppliers and how to work out your costings. (laughs) It's quite funny because it's a boring part of the business. So therefore, it's also like a slightly boring part of my business as well. But I know that that's where people struggle. And they also need help with they might not need help with like trends and design and stuff, but that's the bit I like doing. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know that there's always parts of the job, but I, I know that that's where people need help. So I'm more than happy to put my focus into those areas in manufacturing and sourcing because they're sort of like ongoing problems is how to deal with, I don't know, like holes in what do you do if there's a hole in the fabric or what do you do if it arrives and it's not how I greed it or what do you do or how do you book an order with the right level of detail so it's like those things Mm. I think quite similar yeah so in terms of then using that as an example if those are the key things that everybody is worried about or that kind of underlines all three customers then it's talking about them those things from the point of view of all three so there'll be some people who aren't quite ready to set up because the idea of sorting out manufacturing is just... Frightening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right up to the people who are already in it who are like, my manufacturing isn't working. I need... Like, I've just gone into this head first and I don't know what I'm doing. doing. (laughs) Um, But you can... Within one podcast or one post, you can talk to all those three different points of view within it and it's they're not going to jar too much because at the base of it it's not understanding how it works so you can talk about how it works and use ex- pull examples for each different person but it all still remains the same and then there might be other posts where you can just go this one is for people who are just starting out and the people who are already in it they can just skip it you can yeah yeah you can kind of trust people to know what's for them and what's not and that as long as there's a good balance there and that the next thing they see is something that's more for them people are smart enough to not need to be like oh everything's not for me I'm gonna go (laughs) yeah yeah or they might think maybe I'll be there in six months I'm gonna Mm -hmm. read it yeah and then the other one was I was gonna say is like building your confidence that you can Mm. even do it in the first place or that you've done it and your sales have taken a dip since you started So how do you keep up or get your mojo back? That's Mm. kind of another thing that I think could go across all of them. And anytime I post on Instagram about sort of, you can do it. (laughs) They're always quite good posts. So that's another thing that could maybe go across all three. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Those kind of, um, it's very often the non-specific things that go across everything. Like maybe they're the reason why they're driven to do this because it's not an easy thing to do. They ha- they must be very driven and have a very creative idea. And so those things are the things that you can kind of use more because it's going to be a more all-encompassing ideas. And then when you're getting into some nitty-gritty detail, go into it like all guns blazing and just kind of forget the other two. I'm talking to this one person right now. You guys can wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because I wrote down as like my three buckets, mm-hmm. to use your word, um, 
would you say is the right way to find them is the things that people ask you about the most that is a good way what I would say is that you don't want to get in a situation where you're only doing what people ask you because then you're not also getting across some key things that you may want to talk about but it's just like your trend stuff it might be that people don't ask you about that because that's the thing that they enjoy too but you really want to talk about that because that yeah, is interesting you've to you got to have some fun. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah so what i would say is that yes that's a really good way of perhaps filling them up or, or forming them in the first place but also to to have it come from your own personal business purpose if you think about it as your your own why is kind of the umbrella then your buckets are the spokes of the umbrella that kind of hold it up but what had you been thinking about them anyway so funnily enough that I got three and one was industry insider tips the next one was like building your confidence and your community around you and the third one was trends Mm. so so have you been working with them and they feel like you're getting a good spread of what you want to be talking about yeah I mean it is heavily dominated towards the manufacturing because there's nobody else out there that does it mm-hmm. as far as I can see there, there's like one or two but they still don't have the exact same experience as I do which is fine you know like there's room for everybody mm-hmm. but nobody ha- is doing this for small businesses that have come from a buying and supplying background mm-hmm. so that's like my niche if you like mm. or my USP yeah but I think that as well you've got to think a little bit about the customer journey in this as well because in the nicest possible way you don't want to be talking about the boring stuff all the time <laughs> I know yeah I know and I can kind of like when people started following me there like, like oh she's really funny and she's really smiley and blah 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 and then I'm like oh my god how can you make talking about a factory funny because <laughs> yeah. I, I do like having a laugh and like making people laugh and keeping it quite light-hearted you know like it's only fashion at the end of the mm. day you know so I do sometimes feel like I go down this very serious factory costings route and it's quite hard mm. to make that fun. And I do still want to keep it lighthearted as well. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way around it, I'm, I'm sure. I'll figure it out. Well, it might be a really fun creative project of making factories fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I might team up with this ethical brand who manufacture everything in London and they've come from a point of like female activism mm. to create their brand rather than a point of like manufacturing background which I have. And they were like, "Oh my god, ignorance is bliss." You know, we just <laughs> didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So I'm thinking about maybe doing like a call event with them to see both sides of manufacturing mm. something like that there's like a panel talk or something because I can see it's the same thing that people keep asking me over and over and over again and I just think I need to sort of get everybody together and tell them all at yeah. the same time rather it, than uh, go back and forth yeah it sounds like you need to kind of almost humanize the manufacturing part of it or just make it less of a monster to people and to kind of yeah really break it down but show it in a more accessible way and so doing things like the panel talks or even if you can do an event in a factory where it's yeah not, maybe not a factory I thought about factory, doing that, like a factory tour or something yeah. 
because I know a few that would be like quite interested in educating people like come and find see how a t-shirt's printed mm. before you even start you know see what you're getting yourself into I thought people might be quite interested in that yeah well and it's a lot easier to see it than to kind of read through something which would probably end up being quite dry <laughs> really boring <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so even if you could do maybe video or something or I don't know whether it would quite work as a podcast, but it could almost be quite cool as a podcast. Well, I you might walking get a around factory a factory owner on the podcast, mm. so seeing people from the other side. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good thing that you can do. Is that obviously you're you understand it. You're predisposed to making things a bit more fun and interesting. So it's working out how to do that for the factory, but then also thinking about people finding you for the very first time, having a nice mix of content that is going to catch their eye more. So particularly thinking for Instagram, for example, having, you know, a, a lovely mood board or it's beautiful imagery that they're going to be like, oh, that's what I want my brand to be like. And they that's what gets them in. And then further down, they can start to get into the nitty gritty of your expertise around manufacturing without it being you know, they're scrolling Instagram and there's a picture of a factory and they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, wow, that's really dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have noticed that my trend posts do really well. Mm. So if I say I talk about costings or a factory, I might put, actually put a picture of myself on because mm. somebody told me your caption in your picture doesn't actually have to have anything yeah. to do with each other, which was like brain explosions. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I do try and put, uh, if it's quite a boring, or boring in inverted commas, or like educational piece, mm. I'll try and put it with a pretty picture. But I have noticed that my trend uh, pieces do quite well as well. Mm. It's just like a cool girl off of Pinterest or something. Yeah, yeah, they'll always do well. And I think that's, especially with Instagram, people always want to do better than the last photo. And it's like always has to build and build and build. Whereas actually... It's um, it was something one of my clients said to me once. It was that you have killers and fillers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's absolutely fine to have a couple of fillers just for the grid to look the way that you want it to look. Or if you've just, you've got a killer coming up that you want to space out a little bit more. So it's good to really take notice of the photos that always do well. So that when you have a like a blog post you want to promote or a podcast or a thing um, that you know that that there's going to get eyeballs on that kind of image. So I always use the photos I think are going to do best. I always use them when I'm talking about a blog post or something because I want to make sure that people are seeing it. Yeah, put it with a good photo. So we've kind of skipped ahead a little bit to Instagram. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about your Facebook group because... I know that's somewhere where you've been quite consciously building community. So tell me a little bit about what you do there, what's going well, what you want to change or build. So going back to the thing where everyone was asking me the same question, like Mm -hmm. where can I find labels? Where Who have you used before? I don't actually recommend anybody to anyone on the whole Mm -hmm. because – it is it kind of goes back to the killers and fillers thing like a manufacturer can be really good for one person then completely mess up the next order mm. so I it, it would be like well if I told you to go and work with them and they mess it up where would that leave me and I just don't really want to get into that so I thought well maybe you can recommend 
things to each other and the pressure's kind of alleviated from me and you're there's like a hundred of you in this mm. group you're all using manufacturers you will all be able to share stories of who you've worked with who you would recommend who you wouldn't recommend because they're not competing with each other and mm. I always encourage people to actually join together to do things you know if you're all using a black jersey fabric why are you all buying it individually like why couldn't mm. you all group together and buy it and get a better price or because that's what people do in the industry you know women's wear will team up with girls wear and buy the same fabric and get a better price so it's like micro scaling that mm-hmm. and then I noticed this other Facebook group shut down that had some manufacturers in it and loads of the girls were using it so I tried to invite the manufacturers into my one and I said before you know would you be interested if there's manufacturers in here and obviously they all said yes it was like a hundred percent on the poll I was like that's pretty telling okay <laughs> so now it's more like a networking group between manufacturers and brands but mainly uh, manufacturers in the UK because they're the only people that I've approached so far. Mm. Oh, so you're more of a facilitator of that group than it being a lot of you in there? Yeah, like I only go on a, a live once a week for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I'll just pick a topic off my blog, to be honest. Like, I won't come up with anything like groundbreaking. I'll just sort of talk through something that I've already written about or an Instagram post that did really well, I might just talk through that, just to kind of show face, and some people just consume content better that way, mm-hmm. it seems a little bit less pressure than YouTube, <laughs> and just one more thing to add to the list, mm. um, and then every sort of two or three days, I've planned lots of like little conversation starters in, just to keep it so it doesn't become stagnant. Yeah, no, that sounds good, so what's your kind of goal with it, Do, is it is it driving clients to you? <laughs> yeah, is it taking up lots of your time and you're not getting a lot back from it? No, it is quite good for people. You know, if somebody DMs me a message, like mm. where can I find labels, for example, it's really good just to divert those people to that group mm-hmm. because I'll be like, oh, there's loads of other girls in there that are doing the same thing. And when I very first came up with the idea of doing this thing, whatever this is, my <laughs> new job, it was this phrase and it sounds really cringe and I never write it anywhere it's almost just like the background to what I'm doing is like the friendly face in fashion Mm. and it's like just sharing people like you can all talk to each other it's fine you know you might have entered yourself into this world of fashion but you can still be a nice person don't Mm. worry you know we're all nice in here so that was kind of one of the things I wanted everybody to share the manufacturing again to relieve the pressure from me because I didn't want to recommend anybody directly and yeah, I mean, my lives, maybe just creating a bit of my own community because I had it on Instagram, but you can never see them all mm, in one place. Mm. So it doesn't take up too much time, like 10 minutes on a Thursday and then buffering in some posts every two to three days. Mm. Like if you come up with like 30 ideas and I'm going to start recycling them as well because obviously people's answers will change if I asked a question two months ago. Mm-hmm. Some people might not have seen it or they won't remember it or it will have changed. So um I don't know it's almost like validation like is that okay (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I'm such a big proponent of reusing stuff that you've done before (laughs) especially if it worked the first time like if something you got good results from something or good engagement from something like just do it again rather than try and find something completely different that you're going to get exact yeah, same no, results there's only from. so much you can talk about yes as well. there like, really is <laughs> yeah I made myself laugh the other day because I, I went into Kiki K and there was like a little pack of playing cards 
and on the back it was conversation starters and I bought it for my Facebook group <laughs> I was like I look like such a loser like I don't know how to start a conversation but it was actually quite good just to prompt my brain into mm. the kind of questions to ask but then relate it back to fashion but yeah it was quite funny <laughs> so in terms of the group then you do you want to to kind of scale it in the terms that it is now or do you want to turn it more towards driving your own business I mean do you have the people in the group do they also go on to email list because that's always my big fear when people are growing a well, group it's, <laughs> yeah it's funny that I wrote that on my to-do list this morning <laughs> I was just like I must add that as one of the questions like you have to give me your email address to join yeah, I, I need to do that, but I can do that this afternoon. That's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, there are some GDPR things around that just to make sure that when people do give you their email address, they know that they're going to be added to be a signing list up. and what they're signing yeah, up for. Yeah, make it really clear. Yeah. Um, do you have an opt-in, actually, like a, a lead magnet? I do. I just changed it. So I initially I wrote um, 101 tips for running a fashion brand. it's a lot of tips I started writing 10 and then they just kept coming and coming when I was on the train on on my commute still at work so it was obviously became quite long so I've started charging for that now it's like Mm -hmm. 12 pounds and I pin that to the top of the Facebook group so everybody that comes like if they're interested it's not too expensive but going back to the people who haven't launched yet I thought how about I do something for them so it's five clear steps to starting a fashion brand and it's like a email series of five emails like one per day and one talks about setting up the brand name the next one asks who your customer is the next one is go out and speak to them and do some market research and then it kind of goes on for the next couple of days Mm. so and there's like a little audio that goes with each one Mm, I think that's really good and what's what I really like about that is that the Facebook group itself is kind of an opt-in for the other two customers because if you've not started yet going into the group and it's all about manufacturing that's a bit overwhelming when you you're still kind of scared and not sure whether you can even do this so having yeah am I allowed yeah yeah exactly so having an opt-in which is very clearly this is for you in big neon sign to that person who's just starting out whereas the Facebook group is perhaps a step further along um so I think that works really nicely and then if you can start to collect email addresses more consistently from the group even if that means you know once a month saying I'm writing my newsletter it's going to be about this 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 and this click here to sign up that's a really easy way you've got to remind people to do stuff like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know and I don't call it a newsletter either I call it like the fashion feed so mm-hmm. people are sort of subliminally messaging that yes. it's yeah. not a newsletter yeah. even though it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that sounds good and then so then that that's the group and then so your Instagram is that kind of the same sort of people that you get in the group or is it more I think broad? so yeah I think they're still the people well it's, it's more of a mix, definitely, but it's still heavily weighted towards the people that have already launched, I think. Because I, I wonder whether the people who haven't launched aren't talking to me, but maybe it's because I'm not talking. In terms of they're, they're lurking, just not engaging, or they're not there at all? From As in, I think they're lurking. Mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of like fashion students following me. People who work in fashion follow me. So I, I think from 
at my, I don't know, just from what I have, I think they're the people that might be thinking of starting something, mm. but they're not ready yet. Mm. So um, that, but they never like DM me, they never comment yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, like you say, they're just watching. It might be because they feel like scared too. And if, as we kind of discussed earlier, if, if everything you're, you've, well, not everything, most of what you've been doing is more aimed at that other stuff, they might not know whether it's kind of allowed. So yeah, it might yeah, be like, worth... They'll feel like a fraud or something. Yeah. Like, no, it's <laughs> yeah. So maybe even doing a story series where you can kind of um, put some polls or some like question stickers in stories because it's less yeah. public for them to to raise their hand to kind of invite that engagement and or do a couple of feed posts especially as you've got the new opt-in and things to just remind really show people that that's there and help them to see that oh you you can help them and they are ready to work with you well it's funny because um I put that five questions uh, five clear steps to start a fashion brand and it hardly got any likes but it mm. got an enormous amount of saves right so I thought oh, they're there they're watching mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so it was just quite interesting that I know I have got some people lurking which is good yeah yeah so it's so just what kind, kind of... of things would you put on a story sorry just quickly going back to that like the polls like how are you thinking of starting or... yeah some things like that like um I think polls are quite good because they're quite easy so maybe if you've got a couple of pain points that you think you know maybe go through and be like uh, <laughs> yeah which ones of the is it this or that or some yes or no questions of why why you're not starting and things like that and then finish with a question sticker of do you have any questions about starting your fashion brand that I could help with um yeah that's good that it gets what's good about using polls and questions and things like that is it gets people interacting and not just passively absorbing um, <laughs> yeah. and it just starts that training like, <laughs> so that next time they might comment on a post or like a post because yeah. you're starting to train them to to engage with you and interact but in that very easy just tap the screen kind of way <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah some stuff about that I think you could even use your your five clear steps perhaps there might be something in there that you can just twist them around to being a question rather than a step if you like yeah um yeah so just utilize that content you've already got and just reframe it in a way that is really what you want to do the point of that is that those people can feel seen and feel at home and feel like they can approach you in the future yeah so just taking whatever content you've got and reframing it in a way that is kind of engaging yeah I feel bad that I've been neglecting them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, don't feel bad <laughs> because no, it's like, it is. I've got a plan, and it and it's awkward as well to to assume things of people as well. You don't, you hate to do that. So it's just harder when you don't know for sure that they're there, and the most vocal ones are the ones who are already in it. And yeah, and we all do that, and we all want to create content that's going to do well and is going to help people. And it's easiest to do that when people are asking us questions. But it's kind of just being mindful. And maybe there's a way to, in your content buckets to do this is perhaps if you're like writing ideas in each one, just to kind of even colour code them of which customer they're for, just to make sure you've got a nice kind of balance. Because yes, the least vocal people and points of views 
are always going to be the one that slip down because you think, oh, nobody's really interested in that. Whereas they are, they're just really quiet. <laughs> I know, yeah. And I don't know, just make it aware that it didn't get any likes, that post about the five steps, but it got m- mm. more saves than most of my other posts. Yeah. And my ebook always gets saved as well whenever I post about that. So I know they're there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think you're right. Maybe they just don't feel like they should be there, mm. that they are. so just bringing it in more but yeah and I also by the way really like your healthy attitude to be like it didn't get likes but it did get saves (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm not too precious about it like I know that if I can see it does well in the first three minutes I know it's going to be a good post because I think it gets pushed further and further Mm, doesn't it as as quick when it does well really quickly Mm -hmm. but then if it just dies on its bum I just think okay sometimes I've deleted it because it's got like one like in 10 minutes I'm like that's not gonna do anything and then I'll just repost it at a different time of the day or something and try it that way but that's almost even better then that you know those saves are coming from people who actually follow you that is they're not just random where the post has been pushed out loads and it's kind of random people it's people who are seeing it so they're there they're engaged that the algorithm is prioritizing your posts for them even the ones that don't do as well so that's another good way of looking at it yeah yeah that's true and one person who booked in for a free call discovered me on the explore page Ooh. and I was like oh my god I didn't even know I was on the explore page <laughs> and just got out into the universe without yeah. even knowing but that's quite funny that's very specific as well that she remembered that <laughs> Yeah, I know. I just because I always would like to find out where they're coming from. So mm. that's where you spend your time. But yeah, yeah. I think I was listening to your podcast with the girls from Pinterest as well, mm. or who worked with Pinterest, and that's like a whole new game. I feel like they're just everywhere at the moment. I I, I keep seeing things about Pinterest everywhere, <laughs> but I don't know if it's because I'm interested think, in doing yeah, it or that's... whether they're growing. <laughs> that's what, um... <laughs> like they say don't they that when you're thinking of buying a new car you just suddenly see that car everywhere like you just you really tune into the stuff that you start thinking about but that's probably a good channel for you because visual people are going to be looking for information there like it just feels like a really good like well obviously you're getting loads of traffic from it anyway or you're getting loads of views on there so that feels like a good place to be spending your time as well yeah, I think I might go on a course to do with Pinterest. <laughs> I just sit there and pin like cats and yeah. skirts and things. It's not exactly going to help my business. So I think I need to get a bit of a strategy in place for that. Yeah. So one last thing that I know we wanted to talk about quite quickly was your podcast. And so what's the plan with that? What are your kind of main questions? So the podcast, I went to a really, really academic school and it was very much like you're going to go to university and learn English or maths and there wasn't really anything in between I was like I'm not that kind of person and it wasn't really open to me to see how many jobs there are in the industry if you can't draw because it's like if you can draw you're fine Mm. if you can't draw what are you going to do do you have to do an academic job and another thing when I left is that I really really do want to help people get into the industry or at least understand how many jobs there are Mm. in the creative industry and specifically in fashion obviously so half of it is going to be sort of targeted towards that and interviewing lots of different people in the industry so like people in PR or marketing or journalists or copywriters or all these other things Mm -hmm. that you can do that you're not really told about at school because it's like my little way of giving back to 
that pain point I have. Maybe it's something I just want to do personally because I always talk about it and I never did anything about it. So that seems to be a good way to do it. And it's also, again, from a purely selfish point of view, an excuse to go and meet these people. Like if yeah. I just asked to go and meet the head of a fashion PR company for fun, she'd mm-hmm. probably say no. But if it's to promote something that she's doing on my podcast, then she says yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of it is interviewing brands and getting all their learnings, put it into a recording and send it out for other people to learn from. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interviews with people in the industry or brands. Uh, and then that's like the purpose for each thing. Cool. Sounds good. So so how far along are you with it at the moment? Um, I've done the intro and <laughs> got some music. And it was really funny, actually. I don't know if you found this. It's really hard to find music oh that's God. not dreadful it's or cheesy. <laughs> I was lurking for about an hour and I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to search the word fashion and see what came up. And the first one, I loved it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've got, uh, so I've done the intro, I've got the music and I've interviewed two brands and one person in the industry so I've got a little chunk maybe like a month lined up and I'm going to launch it at the end of this month but how do I launch it I don't know does it need to be a big sort of song and dance or am I just like by the way I've got a podcast now I get it's kind of up to you really whether you want to slip it in and just have it exist and start to to gain traction of its own accord or whether you feel and or have the time and resources to do a big hurrah about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would start leaking it now. So through your Facebook group and in everywhere that it's coming and when it's coming and what it's going to be so that by the time, like a kind of mini pre-launch, if you like, by the time that it's actually yeah. there, it's people are kind of waiting for it, which is always good that you can then be like, it's finally here you can go and subscribe. Something that we did with the little chapters actually was that we had a a trailer that went on kind of a month before the first episode so we could be getting people at least subscribing on the basis of that trailer so that when the first episode went out it had automatically higher downloads which helps it get kind of seen in the iTunes chart and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then I, I can talk about it like a bit on my stories. Yeah, and show some behind the scenes on the stories. And do you as pin well. your podcast? Yes. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And the other uh, trick that I heard at the Blogtacular conference last year was there was a, a thing on podcasts. And when you think about it, it's really obvious that you know it all gets spread by word of mouth. So putting things in place to mean that. It, it is getting spread by word of mouth. So in the Facebook group, kind of utilising them and kind of getting them G'd up to, to be sharing it or and things like that. Yeah. So when the first episode goes out, put it in there, like, please send this to any friends you might have or or leave me a review and things. So use your existing community to really boost that word of mouth. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because it is always, it's almost like the new album or something you know I can't yeah. think of something that's quite retro when you're at school like oh have you listened to this yes, like new yeah, album yeah. but actually now it's like have you listened to this podcast absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's a new mixtape but yeah, yeah it's not Send to your friends yes exactly it's really that's what it is is just yeah using your existing connections to grow it because that's it, there's less it's not like blogs where you've got other things like SEO and all that kind of stuff that you can use to boost yeah. it. It's really your word of mouth is going to be the, the way to grow it quicker. Yeah, definitely. 
and then I guess um, is that talking to all the people or maybe it is because the people who haven't even launched yet would still be interested in hearing from people inside the industry and brands exactly it's if you're it's a kind of demystifying podcast by the sounds of it in a lot of ways so for those people who haven't launched yet it's almost more valuable this is what's to come (laughs) yeah but it's kind of saying this is just this isn't people talking about it like it's normal which they probably don't have a lot of in their lives they've probably got like friends and family being like oh my god you could never do that but having people in your life exactly (laughs) just having people talk about it like it's normal here's what we do it's very simple very basic very boring like it's kind of makes it feel a lot more doable (laughs) to hear to hear it talked about in those terms so I think that that's kind of where the value sits for those people as well yeah it was funny because I came up with the idea and then the purpose of it came afterwards, but then it really made sense. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> yeah, it's always fine for that to happen. We do sometimes have to retrospectively apply a, po- uh, a yeah. purpose to what we do. But <laughs> yeah, it still but works. It's worked well, which is good. <laughs> Great. So I think we've talked about a lot of stuff today. <laughs> You've got a lot to go away and work on, and but it sounds like it's all kind of there it's just making sure that you are thinking more about being a magnet and showing up for those people who maybe don't know whether they're allowed to do this yet and kind of drawing out that confidence part a bit more in what you talk about to kind of bring that through but otherwise it's like yeah just balance your messages but keep it keep doing what you're doing because it's what been working up to now and it's only going to keep working so yeah and it keep inviting that engagement and the podcast will probably really help with that as well that you can get people to coming over to the instagram and things to comment and discuss what was going on on the podcast and things as well i need to remember to post the podcast on instagram (laughs) (laughs) okay cool. yeah talk about the things you're doing is always a good tip (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I'm going to write that on the wall or on my forehead backwards yeah. and see it in the mirror. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just one last question for you, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? I have been having a think about it. And I'd say the community, finding a community is one of the biggest pieces of advice I think I could give to somebody in that's helped me and collaborating with people who have the skills that I don't. And sort of outsourcing what I can't do and working to my strengths and just running with that and asking somebody else to do the things I can't. And I think that is how I've kind of managed to grow in the six months is I'm not trying to spend three days doing a photo shoot because I'm absolutely dreadful at photography. I've just asked a photographer around, (laughs) you know, and then it was done in a day and it was 10 times better than I could have ever done it in the first place, regardless of how long I spent on it. So, yeah, I've work to my strengths work with people who fill those gaps Mm. that I don't have and respecting my own time as well I think when people think I'll do it myself it's free but it's not Mm. like if you're charging a couple of hundred pounds a day it's costing you a couple of hundred pounds a day like nothing's free so just having a bit of respect for your own time as well Mm. that's yeah I love that and not beating yourself up because it's you, you're not doing something it's like this just isn't my strength so I'm gonna get someone else to do it and then just go and do what I'm good <laughs> <Yeah>. at <laughs> exactly I could go and meet a client you know yeah. and then get paid for that and pay the person that was going to do it better mm. than me I think just not, not trying to be too precious about I can do everything because mm-hmm. I'm a business owner like no you can't you're still a human yeah. just 
accept it. <laughs> yeah. A good reminder for us all. <laughs> yeah, we're all human. <laughs> Note to end on. <laughs> so Elizabeth, where can people come and find you and find out more about everything and, and follow along? So I spend an unhealthy amount of time on Instagram, mm-hmm. as do we all. It's Elizabeth Styles UK and it's S-T-I-L-E-S not like Harry Styles with a wife. <laughs> um, and I, my website is elizabethstyles.co.uk. Yeah, and my email is like hi at elizabethstyles.co.uk. So feel free to introduce yourself. I always like meeting new people. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. All the links that we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Elizabeth on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at elizabethstylesuk. You can also find Elizabeth's Facebook group by searching The Fashion Feed on Facebook. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send it to them and also share online where you're listening. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.